Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. For those of you who are just joining us this year, we are going through a series called God's Prescription for Your Best Year Ever. How many people would, if God would reveal to you how to have your best year ever, you're like, sign me up. I'd like to have that, all right? I mean, come on. If God's given us the prescription, you know, that, that might be a good thing for us to, to do. And uh, today, I want to talk to you about the, the, the prescription is to win with the hand that you're dealt. You know, we have to learn, um, you know, that life is going to happen, and we need to know how to handle that. I think of um, this topic here. Um, many years ago, our uh, sons were, it's funny that I plan on telling this story and today uh, Carrie's mom and dad show up and they're part of it. Uh, because a, a, few, a few years ago, they, our, our boys were staying with them for a couple weeks over the summer and they took them down to Branson, I think it was. And, um, and so they were looking for some games to play in the hotel. And so they went to Walmart, and they were walking them through the game section in Walmart, and um, uh, I don't know which one of our sons told them, but uh, they pulled down this poker game, you know, cards, and, and uh, so Grandpa said, well, I, I don't think your mom and dad, you know, are, are going to want you playing that, and they go, no, no, we have family poker night all the time. <laughs> now, I just want to go on the record and say, we did not have family poker night, all right, but you know what? It didn't matter. Um, so anyways, the next time we saw them, they asked us, hey, uh, tell us about family poker night. Um, but there was no family poker night. Now, after I'm done preaching this, you might think that, that, that I uh, might participate in family poker night because I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the terminology that they use. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to come to you and um, not only worship you today, but Lord, now we want to hear from you. Uh, We just ask that your message would be your message, uh, that my words would be your words, and Lord, that the hearts that are here today, that they would open themselves up and just uh, be perceptive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the the one thing about this series that I want to keep bringing us back to is the whole point of God's prescription for your best year ever is for us to glorify God in the way that we eat, move, move and think. Now, normally, you know, in a Baptist church is not the right place to be telling people how to eat, all right? Baptists don't like that, right? Because, you know, typically casseroles don't have all the good things. Well, they do. They have all the good things in them, but that, that's the problem. They're not always good for us. Um, but for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this, this concept of glorifying God in the way that we eat, move, and think. And so today, I want to share with you Um, Again, if you're not familiar with poker, the way that it is played is they give you five cards, all right? I think. Anybody correct me? Okay. It's five cards. Thank you. i got a couple witnesses. Um, And and so what I want to do is I want to share with you five points very briefly that might represent one of each of those cards. Because after you get your five cards, guess what you have to do? you got to play them. 
All right. Now, if you're slick and you can, you can hide them up under your sleeves, you might be able to pull one out. Or if uh, you know how to deal off the bottom of the deck, you might be able to help yourself out. But in life, that doesn't happen, does it? Nope. You get the cards dealt and you get to live with them. And you get to uh, live them out. And so the first card that uh, we are dealt in our lives is that of our chemistry. Now, what's interesting about our chemistry is, look, we are all designed by our creator. Um, Your chemistry determined what color your hair was uh, when you were born. And your chemistry has determined what color it is today. Now, some of you get that chemistry on Saturday afternoon at the uh, beauty parlor. But for most of us... Uh, this is what God has given us, and, and what's interesting is, you know, sometimes the chemistry changes over the years, and it changes, like I was a blonde uh, little boy, and then it went to uh, brown hair, and, and now all of a sudden I'm starting to notice, you know, the gray hairs that are coming up, and uh, I wanted to grow a beard out, but I couldn't see it because it was all silver, and so I just, I'm shaving it like I'm in the military still. But your hair uh, is part of your chemistry. Our skin color is part of the, the chemistry that we've uh, been dealt in our lives. Our height. I mean, some, uh, you know, almost everybody. That's why the Bible talks about it. says that you can't add one inch to your height. And the reason why is because most of us, usually, especially in high school, want to add just one more inch and then another inch. But the reality is the height that you are, it's based off of the chemistry that you were born with. And here's what's interesting is the way that we see ourselves is the way that we'll be. Now, if you focus on your hair color and your skin color and your height and your weight and your, uh, how much muscles you have or don't have, what you're going to find out is that you're going to live out a certain life based off of that. Now, that's normal. That's uh, part of uh, the cards that we've dealt. That's part of living that out. But what's interesting is this isn't something that we really have much control over. The chemistry that, that makes our body, the DNA that, that has created us, it, it is what it is. All right? Now, um, if you have children, you'll notice that they look a lot like you. Why? Because that DNA is similar. And then you may have some children, you're like, I'm wondering, um, you know, really, are they part of the family? But that's the interesting thing about the chemistry that God has designed our bodies. I mean, that's why he tells us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. So the first card we get dealt is the chemistry in our lives. And the Bible tells us this in Psalm 119 and verse 73. It says, you made my body, Lord. Now give me sense to heed your laws. See, this is, we, we get the, the first part right. We recognize that God created us. We recognize that, that we are um, a creation of the creator. But the problem is that we, we give up on that second part where we heed the laws that he's given us. We're going through the book of uh, Daniel on Wednesday nights and talking about um, the Daniel dilemma. And the first dilemma that he came up on was when he asked, uh, he was told that he was going to have to eat the king's diet. And he decided that, you know what, that's not right. That's not, uh, that's not the diet that God had designed. And so he asked, could I do this differently? And he was approved to do that and ended up being physically stronger, healthier, more vibrant than all of the others. And so they were allowed to, to uh, continue on that, that diet. Well, we need to understand that there are laws, okay? Now, the thing about a law is if you violate the law, bad things are going to happen. If you violate the law going down 57, you're going to get a speeding ticket. If you violate the law 
um, in, in town, you might get pulled over by Centralia's finest. If we violate God's laws for our bodies, our bodies are going to be affected adversely. So we got to be careful with that. So um, while chemistry isn't something that we have a lot of control over, we do have control over how we follow God's laws. Second card that we get dealt is our connections. Look, you didn't get to choose your parents. I know as much as you wish, as much as you think that this might be the case, uh, you didn't choose your parents. You didn't choose your brothers and sisters. You didn't choose your relatives. And I'm, I'm sure you're probably saying praise the Lord for that piece of it. But the reality is that there are connections that are brought into our lives. Even our friends, for the most part, we don't necessarily get to choose. And if we were sitting down at a uh, Texas Hold'em um, poker tournament, the first two cards they get dealt are what they call the hole cards. All right? And so your two hole cards were um, your chemistry and your connections. All right? You got them, and you're not doing anything else with them. All right? These are two things that we really don't have a lot of control over. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians 3 and verse 17 this, that I pray that Christ will live in your hearts by faith and that your life will be strong in love and be built on love. You know, so do you want to take those connections and make them stronger? We do it through love. You know, two of the things that we said we're going to focus on as a church is we're going to love God and we're going to love people. Well, this is how we get our uh, connection stronger. This is how we make this card that God has given us the best it can possibly be. Because we have to play them. Our relatives are our relatives. As much as we want to write them out of our lives sometimes, they're still there. It's still your father. It's still your mother. It's still your son. It's still your daughter. And what the Word of God tells us is to strengthen it through love. Want to make bad relationships good? Do it with love. You want to make strained relationships stronger? Do it with love. It's a very simple uh, ideal, but it's one that a lot of times that we have a hard time embracing. The third card that we're dealt in life is our circumstances. You know, again, this is, for the most part, something that we don't have a lot of control over. You know, when you were born, I mean, uh, I've heard this many times. I, was, I should have been born in the 50s because you like 50s music. Or I should have been born, you know, you figure it out. It's a different decade. It's a different age. You know, how, I mean, sometimes I grew up wondering, man, I wish I had been born back in the Wild West days. Until I go camping. Or until you go out horseback riding for four or five hours, and then the next day you're like, ooh. You know, I didn't realize that saddle had so many bumps. You don't get to pick when you were born. You don't get to pick where you were born. Your mom had a little bit to, to say on that, but, you know, the chemistry really determined that. And the previous two things are affected by, uh, our circumstances are designed by the chemistry that we have in our bodies, what we're made of, and not only that, but the connections, the people that are in our lives. This creates our circumstances. So here we have, we have our three cards, and this card in Texas Hold'em is called the flop. So you just got your circumstances dealt to you. That is the flop. Again, you really don't have a lot of control. All right, so 
uh, here we are on ESPN, and they have these uh, Texas Hold'em tournaments. And what's cool is uh, when you're watching a TV show, you get to see what everybody's got. But the people that are playing, they don't, do they? They only see what their cards are. And the reality is this, that we want to go through life understanding what everybody else has. Boy, wouldn't it make life a lot easier? The truth is it would. But here's what I would tell you is if we would just follow the advice that God's given in Scripture, you'd probably find out that you'd win a lot more. Psalm 34 one says this, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. Boy, that's the way we should focus on our circumstances. No matter what happens, just like Emma was singing, even if, even if God comes down in a cloud and we'll praise him. But on the times when it seems like he's nowhere, it seems like he's abandoned us, we know that scripture tells us that he hasn't, that he won't, that he can't. And just like the psalmist says, no matter what, I'll praise him. Well, the fourth card that we're going to get dealt is our consciousness. Now, I I say it this way um, because right now our country is going through a, a, man, there's a lot of moral consciousness happening right now. You know, I didn't think in, in my day that the topic of abortion would come back to front and center like it has right now. You know, um, I was amazed to hear that legislation is trying to be passed that would make it okay, according to the law, to abort a baby, to kill a baby after they were born. You know, but here's what's interesting. We in the church, we know that when this happened back in the 70s, when Roe v. Wade was passed, this is exactly what we expected, that we would get to this day. And, and, and church, let me tell you something. It won't stop there. Because at some point, that legislation will get passed. And then, you know what? If they can kill a baby that's one hour old, guess what that's going to help them determine? Well, we could kill one that's one week old. And not only will we do it when they're one week old, but we could do it when they're a year old. You know, terrible twos is going to be rough on some children at some point. But if they'll do that to children, how long do you think it'll take them before they'll do it to somebody who's 72? See, God's word tells us that life is, this is powerful. This is why, I mean, that makes us different than any of the other creatures that God created. He breathed life into us. And this life, whether we understand it or not, is eternal life. The question is, where do we spend that eternity? And so, while our country is going through this conversation of moral consciousness over the topic of abortion, and you know there's a bunch more of those topics, what are the conversations we have with our own selves? Now, I'll bet most of you say, I don't have a conversation with my... What do you think, I'm crazy? And here's what I would tell you is that we all do. Matter of fact, many of you are having conversations right now. Like, what's he talking about? We have conversations while we're going down the road and no one's in the car with us. I know, you don't use your voice, but you're, you're having a conversation. Have you ever had a conversation with a, someone you're about to go into an argument with and like you've already like played out the argument completely? 
so that when they start saying something, you've already got the answers. Well, we do that in our own lives, in our own personal lives. And here's what happens. This results in what we believe determines what we receive from life. You know, I mean, that's why you ask ourselves, how did our country get to this? Well, a few years ago, we started making a belief that it would be okay to, well, you know, we don't know when life begins. Well, man, I can tell you that I'm confident that it begins at nine months. But you know what? We sit back and we look at the World War II generation and we ask, how could a nation allow eight million people to be shipped off and killed? And you know what? We've told ourselves at some level, and I'm saying this, I'm talking about this, our country as a whole has told ourselves at some level that that's not really a life. And yet we get closer and closer to the point where we can't deny that it's a life. It's lives that Jesus came from heaven, lived on earth, a perfect life, gave it up so that all those lives would have the opportunity to spend eternity in heaven, to be reunited with their creator. And Texas Hold'em, this fourth card is called the turn. This is something that you have control over, the conversations that we play. And you know, I expect us to change our positions a lot in life. I mean, there's things that I believed when I was 17 that I know I was a foolish 17-year-old. There's things I believed when I was 35 years old that just weren't right. And you know, now in my aged days of late 40s, I've learned so much along the way, but there's so much I haven't yet figured out. Now, don't tell that to 21-year-old me because I knew everything. It wasn't until I hit 25 that I realized I was wrong. So when it comes to this consciousness that God gives us, this, um, our moral consciousness, that, that conversation that we're having within ourselves, you get to have control over that. And the question is, in Romans 12, 2, it tells us, and we've been on this verse many times, it says here, don't copy the behavior of the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Change the conversation. Change the conversation that you're having with yourself. How do we do that? We do that through God's word. Because we know that's something that we can stand on. That's a firm foundation. Well, I know you guys are just dying to hear the fifth card. And the fifth card is this. It's our personal choices. And really, this is what I want to talk to you about today. If you're not familiar with cards, as many of you I'm sure are not, they have, and they don't use these when they play poker, but there's a card, they're two funny looking guys, and they're called the Joker. And usually when you play different card games, these Jokers can be anything. And reality is our choices are just like that Joker. That we get to choose how we handle our chemistry. We get to choose how we handle the connections that God has brought into our life. We get to choose what we're going to do with the circumstances that we're faced. We get to choose. And so here's what I want to encourage you is 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us this, that when someone becomes a Christian, they become a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. 
a new life has begun. And here's what I want to tell you is we get to choose once we have that new life. If you claim the name of Christ, you actually have a lot of control over the cards that life has dealt you. But we have to do something different. And so the thing that we need to do different is called we need to choose to adjust. Now, uh, you, you may be asking, what do we have to adjust? Well, I want to just break this acronym down. If you've got your note taker, write down each of these words, all right? And so the first thing that we need to adjust is our attitude. Every day you wake up and you choose your attitude. Having a bad day, you choose to have that attitude. Having a great day, guess what? You chose to have a great day. See, that's how the psalmist can say, no matter what, I'm going to praise your name. That's a decision. That's a choice that was made. A friend of mine told me about uh, one of his buddies named John, and, and John had a talking parrot. I mean, come on, if I'm talking about poker in a sermon, I can tell you about a talking parrot, right? And so the problem with John's talking parrot was that, that this, this parrot was unruly. It didn't behave. It was obnoxious. As a matter of fact, the only things that it said were bad words. And so John tried to train it to say nice things and you know, do like regular parrots do, but this parrot didn't do it. It just kept getting more obnoxious, more mean, more cruel, more ugly. And one time he had the whole family over and the parrot started getting obnoxious to his mom and his grandma. Said some mean and ugly things that no one, let alone a parrot, should say to a mom and a grandma. And so this guy, he wanted to throw it through the wall, but he realized, you know what, that somebody's going to report me to, to the, the, the law and they're probably going to put me in jail. And, and so he decided that he was going to stick it in the freezer. And so he took that parrot and he threw it in the freezer and slammed the freezer shut. Well, the family went on and had their get-together and everybody left and... And he was just thinking, you know what, I'm about to open this freezer door, and when I do, that parrot's just going to start, you know, yelling and cussing at me again. And he says, you know what, I think I, if it does, I'm, I'm going to put him through that wall. And he opened up that freezer, and that parrot, who had been so mean and so ugly and so cruel, for every moment that John had known about that parrot, that parrot met him at the edge of the freezer, and he says, I'm sorry. I probably offended you with some of my behaviors earlier today and last week and last month. And John's thinking, shuts the door? Like, I don't know if that's my parrot or not. So he opens the door again, and the parrot starts very nicely. So, you know, John, I'm really, I apologize. If, if, you know, if you can pick up the phone, I'll, I'll tell your mom and grandma I'm sorry too. And John's thinking, man, what in the world came over this parrot? And so, uh, you know, John held out his arm, and the parrot got right there on his arm, and he's starting to walk him over to his cage. And uh, the parrot said, I, I just have one question for you, John. And John said, sure, you know, I mean, you're a nice guy now. We can, we can talk and have a conversation. He said, uh, what did the turkey do? <laughs> you see, that parrot got to choose its attitude. Before it went into the freezer, it, it chose a bad attitude. It chose bad actions. While it was in the freezer, it had a, a different, it chose to change its attitude. 
You know, the same thing is going true for us in our lives. We get to choose the way that we look at things and how we interpret it. You know, isn't it interesting? Um, right just down the road here, this phenomenon happens that probably no one's ever been affected in this room, but this train comes by. I mean, it's moving fast too, isn't it? You know, ding, 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 ding. The gates come down and there you, you know, you're just going to you slow down. Now, what's interesting, if you look around, have you ever looked around at the people that are parked beside you and behind you, in front of you? You know, everyone's doing something different. I remember I looked over to my right, and there's this little old lady, and she's just singing. I don't know what she, I couldn't hear it, but she was singing to the top of her lungs. I looked at the guy in front of me, and man, he had this white knuckle death grip on his steering wheel. He's like, man, if that car tries to cut over here, I'm going to T-bone it. <laughs> Same train. Same stop, but two different attitudes. You know, in life, we get to choose. Because it's the same Savior, same Creator. We're living on the same planet. Most of us living in the same country. What you'll find out is when you change the way you look at things, things will change. Well, not only do we have our attitude to think about, but we need to choose to make decisions. Now, when I talk about making decisions, you know, um, the reality is this. Our decisions determine our direction. And the direction that we head determines our destiny. I shared with you, uh, 30 years ago, I made a decision to leave Bible college. That decision changed my direction in life altered my destiny. And it wasn't until making other decisions to get back on track for what I had started 30 years ago. But here's the reality, especially this time of year. I know we're in February. But the reality is this, that there's never a decision without action. You know... How many times have you been in church, the Holy Spirit has convicted you, and you forgot by the time you got to Bonnie Cafe what the Holy Spirit was saying to do? And you tell yourself, I decided right there on that pew that I wasn't going to do this or I was going to do that. And the reality is, did we really decide? Nope. Because there was no action behind it. You know what? You didn't change your direction. And you certainly didn't change your destiny. And so when I talk about making decisions, I'm not talking about thinking about making decisions. I'm talking about making them. When something changes. Something changes in our life. As we go down the word adjust, I'm going to skip over the J and I'm going to go straight to the U. And the U represents understand. You got to choose to understand. Now, you're probably wondering, what do you want me to understand? Here's what we need to understand is that we have an enemy. Now, some of you probably think, yep, and I'm writing their name down right now. They're my enemy. But let me read Ephesians 6.12 to you, and it says this. We are not fighting against humans. We are fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of darkness and the powers of the spiritual world. Folks, the enemy isn't sitting inside this church. The enemy isn't up here on the 
podium. The enemy isn't sitting three rows behind you. The enemy isn't sitting beside you. The enemy didn't make vows to you years ago. The enemy is not human. The enemy is Satan himself and the legion of devils that have followed him. And we need to understand that. You know, because it's... Sometimes it's embarrassing how we act in the church toward each other. You know, I mean, you've, you've probably wondered, why do we have so many Baptist churches in Centralia? It's because sometimes we didn't understand who the enemy was. And we thought it was that person that was picking out the color of the carpet. We thought it was the person that wanted hymns and not words up on the screen. And we thought the enemy was the person who chose that other instrument that we didn't like. That's not the enemy. The enemy is Satan. And Jesus told us that an enemy has one thing in mind, and he wants to kill us. He wants to steal what we have, and that's usually our joy. And he wants to destroy our lives. That's what the enemy wants. And the question we have to answer is, are we going to let the enemy win? You know, I think about when I was deployed over in Afghanistan and how that uh, we used to have an inner service rivalry. I mean, those in the military, we understand um, the, the Marines would pick on the Air Force and the Army would pick on the Air Force and the Navy would pick on the Air Force. But guess what the Air Force did? We picked on them. All right. I mean, just, I mean it, it, it was interesting. I was at a camp where, I mean, we had um, Army, Navy, Air Force. We had uh, a Polish. We had a bunch of other different uh, coalition armies represented there. And we would, we'd give each other a hard time. But you know what? When the enemy showed up outside, guess what we weren't doing? We weren't picking on each other, were we? No. We were unified. And we as Christians need to realize that our enemy is outside. And he wants nothing more than to change the way that we look at things. And he wants nothing more for us to say, you know what, I'm not going back there because of her or him. That's what the enemy wants. Look, if all he could steal is your joy, he'd be happy. But we get to choose, are we going to let him steal that joy? Well, so if we look at the word adjust, the A is for attitude, D is for our decisions. U is to understand, and, and now we're at to the S, where we need to submit. Like, uh-oh. All right, that's worse than talking about food in a Baptist church. Talking about submit. And what in the world do we need to submit? Well, here's what I'll tell you. We need to submit our preferences. Folks, you know, we're about to introduce a lot of change to you as a church. And I promise you that every one of these changes is going to affect your preferences. <coughs> Excuse me. But let me say this. You do not have to submit your preferences. You get to. When, you're fine, when you think that the enemy isn't Satan and it's that person beside you or sitting a couple rows behind you, you don't have to submit your preferences. But the Bible tells us we get to. See, that's what loving people looks like. Is when we give up our preference for theirs. We give up what we want for what blesses them. And the question is, church, are we able to do that? 
I believe we are. I believe that God has called us, and, and if we choose to adjust and we allow that we submit our preferences, God gets the glory. Get to the last uh, letter there, and it's T for trust. And the question that we all have to answer today is this. Do you trust God? Now, remember, I asked you earlier, how many people have made a decision and really never, ever made a decision? And I would ask the same question. How many times have you said the words, I trust you, God, but your actions abandon that? See, that's the reality that we deal with on a daily basis. We tell God we trust him, but then we don't trust him. God, I'm going to trust you to meet this need, but you know what? I'm going to use Visa this time. I'm trusting you to to take care of this problem here, but you know what? Uh, You're a little slow, so I'm just going to go ahead and talk to him myself. See, it's easy to say yes to this question here in church on Sunday. It's a whole different story tomorrow. Because Monday, that question means something totally different. And you know and I know that trust is another word for faith. And one of the five essentials to living the best year ever is faith. And you know, and faith is also how we love God. So if we want to be a church that truly says that we love God and we love people, we have to be able to trust God. We have to trust that God is going to bring us the people that he wants us to love on that he is going to uh, bless us. You know, one of the things that uh, we have been doing very differently here recently is getting more people involved. But, you know, Proverbs tells us that those that bless others will be blessed. Those that serve others will be themselves served. You know, God's math doesn't add up like ours does. Somehow God can take 90% and stretch it further than we can do with 100%. But it's no different when it comes to our trust in other areas of our lives. God's math doesn't add up. And the problem is that we don't get to find out the answers to the test until we take it. And the last word, go back to the J. Anybody guess what it stands for? Jesus. That's right. you want to have your best year ever, you're going to have to choose Jesus. Even if you've asked him into your heart 20 years ago, if you want 2019 to be your best year ever, you need to choose Jesus again today. You need to choose him tomorrow morning. Matter of fact, uh, before you go to bed tonight, you need to choose Jesus one more time. We need to do that throughout the day. Keep making the choices about Jesus. See, it doesn't matter what five cards you've been dealt. And it doesn't matter what five cards you're holding at the end of your time here on earth. When the game is over, if you don't have Jesus. You'll find out that that great job, that all that money, that perfect marriage that you lived in. If you end this life without Jesus, it will have been meaningless. In the 80, 60 92 years that you live here on this earth will be nothing in comparison to the eternity that waits us. This is just the beginning. This is the launching point for us. You know, 
outside these walls, they have a hard time understanding that. Matter of fact, they don't want to believe that. They don't want to believe that God created the earth. They don't want to believe that Adam and Eve walked on the earth. They don't want to believe that there was a flood just like the Bible tells us there was. They don't want to believe that there was a guy named Jesus who was born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, and he died for the sins of the entire world, past, present, and future. They don't want to believe that. But I can tell you this. The Bible tells us this, that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.